Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 593, coming up real quick on 600 days. We've been walking together with Jesus through his word. We're back in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We're back with King Jehoshaphat. We're going to see some more good things in King Jehoshaphat today. Uh, a good, encouraging chapter in front of us here in chapter 20. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you and love you for your word is wonderful. Please write your word on our hearts and please draw us closer to Christ, our perfect kingdom. We pray in his name. Amen. Our perfect king. Amen. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and with them some of the Munites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, that is, En Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord, from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Do you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now, behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy, behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid. And do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord your God on your behalf. 
O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went out before the army and say, Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the the men of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, They all helped to destroy one another. When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked on the horde, and behold, they were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found among them in great numbers goods, clothing, precious things, which they took for themselves until they could carry no more. They were three days in taking the spoil. It was so much. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the valley of Barakah to this day. Then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat at their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy, For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem with the harps and lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God came on all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. Then Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 35 Sorry, thus Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 35 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shele. He walked in the way of Asa, his father, and did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. The high places, however, were not taken away. The people had not yet set their hearts upon the God of their fathers. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat from first to last are written in the chronicles of Jehu, the son of Hanani, which are recorded in the book of the kings of Israel. After this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, joined with Ahaziah, king of Israel, who acted wickedly. He joined him in building ships to go to Tarshish, and they built the ships in Ezion Geber. Then Eliezer, the son of Dodavahu of Marashah, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, 
Because you have joined with Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy what you have made. And the ships were wrecked and were not able to go to Tarshish. Well, 90% of what's in this chapter about Jehoshaphat is just wonderful. Really, it's, it's, a, it's a great example of how kings should respond to danger, to threat. And so it's a good example to us who are followers of King Jesus and who are a royal priesthood and a kingdom of priests. We are, we are each one of us, prophets, priests, and kings under the great prophet, priest, and king. Uh, we imitate him. We, we are ambassadors for Christ. And so we're called to follow him in those offices as we speak the word of God, as we, as we exercise dominion over the things that he's given to us and put into our hands, and as we make intercession for people. So this is a good example for us of how we should handle it when danger comes against us. Now, what kind of danger could come against us? Well, we could have problems with children. We could have problems in our marriage. We could have financial difficulties. We could have political, social, cultural problems. We could have church problems, disharmony and splits within the church. We could have our own sin temptations, our own doubts. Whatever it may be, whatever the problem is, if, it's, if it seems overwhelming to us and we don't know what to do, here's a good example for us. Worship God. Call upon his name. And specifically, what Jehoshaphat does is he calls everyone to fast and seek the Lord. And so asking other people to pray with you, asking other people to fast and pray with you as you fast and pray, that's a good thing to do. It's not necessarily required every time, but it is a good thing to do. And uh, when Jehoshaphat calls the people together and they seek the Lord, notice how his prayer, his prayer is rooted in who God is, and what God has done. We see the character of God in verse 6. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. There is the sovereignty of God, the character of God, and then the works of God, the acts of God as revealed in scripture, the history of God's dealing with his people, and then a concern for the glory of God to protect his own and to guard what he has promised. And then simply, I love how this prayer ends, this simple plead, we do not know what to do. We are powerless against this great horde that's coming out against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And God is pleased to give them a most wonderful answer. There is nothing that is overwhelming to God. Do we believe that? Like, lots of things overwhelm us. We get a bill that's way more than the money we have in the bank, and we're not exactly sure how we're going to pay it, or something goes wrong with a car, or a major problem with our house, or, or an issue with our children, or a medical issue, cancer, or doubts that we have. And they're, they're, they, they can overwhelm us very, very easily, because really, compared to God, we're just like little fleas. I mean, we have no size or strength. There's nothing really that we can do against so many things that might come against us. But nothing ever overwhelms God. Nothing ever overwhelms God. So God says to his people, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. The battle is not yours, but God's. Relax. Worship me. Trust me. 
Stand your ground, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. God will be with you. It's exactly what happens. They go out to battle singing praises to God, loud praises to God. And God answers. And God shows them his faithfulness. As they're giving thanks to him, and as they are praising his name, as they are singing, there's just a disaster among the enemies of God's people. They're routed. They 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 fight against each other is what happens. The men of Ammon and Moab, they rise up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, these are the Edomites, and they they just absolutely wipe each other out. And when and when Judah shows up, a bunch of dead bodies and lots of spoil, it takes three days to collect up the spoil, and then on the fourth day they come to the valley of Barakah and they bless the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? the way that God provided for them. Now, I'm not saying that if we worship God and we give thanks to God and we trust God, that we're going to be rich and blessed beyond measure in earthly wealth and we're going to have so much stuff that we don't even know what to do with it all. No, God has more and better things planned for us. He will bless us with himself, with his presence, with his peace, with his power on our behalf for our eternal good. We need to trust him. He will do what is right. We need to trust him. Now, I should probably comment that there's a limitation to Jehoshaphat's goodness as a king. You know, the high places are not taken away. Again, these high places were places outside of Jerusalem where on hills and hilltops and under trees people would worship. Uh, and that's because the hearts of the people, you know, Jehoshaphat was wholly committed to the Lord and he led the people in being wholly committed to the Lord. And he sent out the teachers among the people to lead them to be wholly committed to the Lord. But their hearts were not wholly committed to the Lord, at least not in the way that God wanted them to be. And then we find Jehoshaphat falling into an old pattern of weakness again. He joins with the king of Israel, the wicked king of Israel. We saw this earlier when he joined with Ahab and went against the direct word of a prophet and went in to battle. And so here, again, we see Jehoshaphat's weakness. All men have weaknesses. You need to be aware of what your weaknesses are, and I need to be aware of why my weaknesses are, and make special consideration to stay away from those things and to be protected against those things, because our tendencies are our tendencies, and we need to be wise about that. And Jehoshaphat just needed to, after that disastrous battle uh, with King Ahab, he needed to have nothing to do with Israel again, but he did. And so God brought judgment. But still, still, the, the, the sentence that's passed on Jehoshaphat's life is that he was a good king. He was faithful and he's buried with honors. We should be like Jehoshaphat. We should be even more so like our great and perfect King Jesus, who had no weaknesses. We do have weaknesses. We need Jesus to be our sufficiency. His strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. And uh, we see this in, in, in the good moments in Jehoshaphat's reign, which is largely positive. And uh, so he's a good example for us of how we should look to God and trust him when our hearts are overwhelmed. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's a great thing to pray. Just get that little part and just pray that when you're feeling overwhelmed. Let's pray. 
Father, thank you for always being with us and always being for us. Thank you that there is nothing that ever overwhelms you. Thank you that you are all-powerful and all-sufficient, perfect in all your ways. Be with us. Keep us. Help us to look to you. When our hearts are overwhelmed, help us to look to you, cry out to you, give thanks to you, praise you, sing louder and stronger of how great you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tomorrow we'll continue on with Second Chronicles 21. Hope you can join me for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord.